Summer is just about here. It's it's a week before Memorial Day. That's prime summer slash baseball season, and we're almost a month into the minor league season finally. And uh, it's another episode of the Farm Report. I'm Justin Latta, and I'm joined this week by Caleb Phillips, who is covering the Akron Rubber Ducks for us this year. Caleb, thanks for doing this with me. And uh, how are things going so far? How are you enjoying covering minor league baseball? And and what do you think of uh, what you've seen in Akron? Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me. I'm uh, happy part happy to be a part of the IBI team this year, and uh, yeah, it's been a good summer so far. Uh, well, uh, May really not summer yet, but uh, yeah, six games I've been to, and Akron's six and zero when I've gone. So I've seen definitely the best of of the Rubber Ducks so far this season. Yeah, I would say so. If you want to just throw out kind of your background, tell to our listeners where you're coming from, baseball wise, and. Uh, you can follow Caleb on Twitter at Caleb Phillips with one L eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I've been a baseball player my whole life. That's where my baseball background comes from. I played a division three college ball at a small uh, Christian liberal arts college in Western New York called Houghton college. And uh, I was a pitcher and my first two years and I switched to a dual player. I played left field and a little bit of DH um, my last two years. Um, in terms of my, my writing experience, I've written a little for, my school paper obviously didn't have a lot of extra time as a, as a student athlete, but I did a lot of writing in my schoolwork as well. And uh, I actually first found about found out about IBI through the post game shows with John uh, John Fanta and Justin this this past summer uh, back in 2020, and that's how I got really into the IBI family, I guess. And and once I saw Justin was offering positions, especially for college kids looking for internship credit, it was perfect for me because this summer I need internship credit to finish graduate school at Youngstown State. So, yeah, I've been an Indians fan my entire life, and I'm just happy to be covering um, any sort of Cleveland Indian-affiliated baseball. Yeah, those shows were a lot of fun. I, I just realized now we haven't done a lot of those uh, with minor league baseball taking up so much time. We'll we'll try yeah. to get back to doing some of those. I'll have to reach out to John whenever uh, he's done doing College sports stuff. to see if we can yeah. get them back. Yeah, we'll see. If you're a fan of those shows, we'll try to bring them back uh, sometime in June, hopefully. But, yeah, those were a lot of fun, and it was good to connect with you through there. All right, first things first, uh, we can finally stop talking about the Owen Miller clock. <laughs> He's finally up. Um, finally. Yeah, he went over 5 in his first game as a DH, so clearly the Indians can DFA him now because he's obviously <laughs> not the answer. Um I just think it's going to be really tough to ask him to replace Fran Mill Reyes. That's, you know, Owen Miller could have helped them to begin with, but now that you're putting him in the lineup and you're, you're expecting him to, to fill a void where Fran Mill Reyes was, even, even as good as Owen Miller might, you know, has been in the minors, you're not going to ask someone like that to replace Fran Mill Reyes. So um, any thoughts, Caleb, on, on Owen Miller's call? Up yeah, finally? I mean, I was able to, I mean, I was at the Akron game as Cleveland was playing, but I was able to watch his, uh, his first AB and he was a little cold the last couple of games. I think he went Oh four in his last game in Columbus before being called up. So he might be cooling off a bit. And I definitely think, you know, first MLB game, you're going to be a little, probably a little over aggressive might've, might've come out of his approach that he he's usually going in. But yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is that you mentioned is, you know, he's not going to replace family Reyes. Would he have been a better option at Yu Chang as the, right-handed infielder against, you know, left-handed pitching. Yeah, probably. But 
you know, DH and making up for a guy who is, you know, second on the team in home runs and one of our main run producers, uh, that's a tough ask. It is a tough ask. I mean, it would have been better to get him in another way, but I mean, I guess at least this way he has a path to at bats almost every game now, whereas before they kept saying they didn't bring him up because they didn't feel like they had enough playing time for him. And now that's not the case. And as he is playing third here on Monday night, as we're recording this and Jose Ramirez is DHing, So at least they're taking that route. Um, Just real quick before we get into the thick of things with Akron this week. um, Do you think that maybe, I know he hasn't had the best start to the year, but just because they had to replace the pure power element, do you think that maybe Bobby Bradley warranted a little bit more consideration, especially considering he already has big league time? Yeah, I think Bobby's – yeah, the problem with Bobby is is he basically, I feel like, be DHing against right-handed pitching only. I don't know how much they'd play him against left-handed pitching. Um, so you're kind of you're kind of carrying – a roster spot where it's, it's a very specific role. So I don't know if that's a waste of a roster spot. I mean, at this point, whoever you're going to call up is probably going to have uh, a weakness against one side of pitching or, or lack in one tool, one major tool. So I definitely think he's the next guy, either him or Daniel Johnson to come up from AAA, but um, he would definitely replace that power factor. And I mean, we'll see what happens. It, it's going to be a really long time before we see Fran Mill again, unfortunately, five to seven weeks. So, there's, I feel like they'll probably cycle through a few options before we see Fran Mill again. Yeah, for sure. I, I think at some point during Fran Mill's absence, Bobby Bradley will be up. Who knows with Daniel Johnson? I kind of get the feeling they're a little down on Daniel Johnson just based on how they can handle things in spring training and how they, they talk now. Um, I still think they kind of like Bobby Bradley, so we'll see what happens there, especially because we have no idea how long the Jake Bowers experiment's going to last, but like yeah. you said, five to seven weeks for, for Fran Mel Reyes. It, it's a long time. It is. And, that, and that's a tough injury, man. That's, that's you know, as playing baseball, you need your oblique, your core muscles. Like, you can't – it's such a rotational game. You have to be healthy down there and your core muscles. And if you're not, it can oh, yeah. get you into a lot of bad habits mechanically. And um, it's hard mm-hmm. to be effective. Especially, I mean, Fran Mel, I mean – it's not like Fran was just sitting up there trying to slap the ball the other way. I and mean, he's taking powerful swings. And I mean, that's why it just kind of went awry with just one swing. I mean, there's a lot of force there and yeah. And not to mention, you know, he might be clear to go in five weeks, but then that means, you know, how much rehab, how much time before he gets back into game shape. So, I mean, don't be surprised if it's a little bit longer than that, than that timetable. That's true. And not only that, but those things have a tendency to linger. George Springer, this uh, mm-hmm. spring training, had the same issue. And he is he was back for like a couple of games, and then he, he's out again for a while. So uh, Yeah, Luke Voigt as well had a similar a core injury. Who was that? Uh, Luke Voigt did, and it lingered on him for, for the entire year back in 2019, right. I believe. Yeah, that's right. So definitely want to make sure I think it's healed up before he comes back. Maybe we'll mm-hmm. see – Fran will race down at Canal Park. I mean, if he's got to go on a rehab assignment, and it'd be, it'd be a lot of fun to see him uh, Absolutely. hit the ball to the canal. We've seen uh, Will Benson do it a couple times this year. Man, that guy's got incredible power. Um, oh, yeah. There's some gets, there's some powerful guys down there in, in Canal Park. Yeah, there is. It's a hard place to hit a home run, too. So if you're in for power down there, it usually means – uh, Yeah, for sure. Uh, yep. Speaking of core muscle issues, too – 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb, you found out about Joey Cantillo the other day. He's going to miss at least six to eight weeks with uh, – what are they calling the injury officially down there? Yeah, so they really haven't given an official name. Uh, when when Rugi, uh, you know, manager Rugi Sodora mentioned it to us back when we first asked about him, he was basically just said, yeah, he, he felt something like in his rib cage area, in his core, um, and he was just – he might miss a start or two. And obviously that progressed pretty clearly. And once we found out he was flying out, to Arizona, um, you know, that, that let me, that, you know, made it sound like, okay, this is not just like a one or two start. This is, he's going to be out there for a while. They're not just going to fly him out to Arizona for, for, you know, a week or two. So, and then, yeah, six to eight weeks is the, uh, the timetable. So it's going to be a while before we see, um, it's actually, it's pronounced Cantillo. That's what I found out as well. Yeah. (laughs) Good to know. I've had trouble with that one. Usually pronunciations aren't my issue, but that I guess on that one, since he's new to the organization. So mm-hmm. that's a bummer. And that's, that's also especially bad for pitchers to have a, an injury in that area as well, just as much as it is for hitters. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, timeline to pitch this year. I, I really don't know if we're going to, if we're going to see him in Akron, to be honest, it'd be just six to eight weeks that puts him, you know, in July, maybe. And then you have to build, build the arm strength up. You're not, and like something like that, you want it to be a hundred percent before, before you risk anything. So you're talking probably if he gets back to Akron, you're talking August. I mean, it, the, the season goes to mid September this year. It's, it goes past yeah. Labor Day. That's an advantage, but you're, yeah, like you said, you're talking, he might get into August before he's back at an affiliate. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a long road for, for Joey, which is a bummer because it's, Definitely someone uh, I wanted to see throw throw an Akron this year. Yeah, the Indians really probably wanted to see him too because he is forty man eligible this fall, and he's one of those guys right. that you've. I mean, I I would imagine if they didn't put on put him on the forty, he'd get taken because he's got so much arm talent and projection. But you know, they might get what 50, 40 innings out of him at this point. It's going to be a hard decision to make, and and I think there was an outside chance he could help the club in twenty twenty one had he been healthy, you know, just with how they've cycled through that four and five spot and how it's still un, uh, undetermined, but there's no way he makes the majors this year. And, and the 40 man decision this fall on him is going to be a tough one. If he's only able to pitch a handful of innings, that's extremely unfortunate, but still an exciting prospect. Let's just hope he gets healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. What, what kind of raids do you have so far? I know you've, I think you've seen Eli Lingos at least once. Um, had a bad yeah. start against Erie last week, but then pitched well mm-hmm. against uh, it's Redding, right? I, I always get that. Yeah, one. Redding. It's Redding. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, what's your yeah. kind of read on him? Yeah, I mean, with with a lot of these guys, really all the starters in Akron, it's not a lot of velo. Um, he was about eighty-eight to ninety, touching ninety-one, ninety-two, and the one thing I did notice about him is he really does hide the ball well. So, I think that's what makes that. 88 to 90, uh, a little more deceptive or, or effective. Um, he kind of starts his his motion off closed off. His right shoulder is pretty close to the batter. I don't really think you can even see his glove when he comes set. And then he really hides that ball behind his uh, his left side for a while before accelerating through the pitch. So he could definitely be affected at times if, if batters aren't familiar with that uh, that part of him. I mean, any other aspect to it is, is Redding is – is pretty poor team. Um, it's definitely wanted something to touch on, but Akron's Akron's been lucky with their schedule so, so far. They might've played the worst two teams in double a 
uh, to start the year in, in, in Reading and, and Binghamton. And that's where they head out this week as well to Binghamton. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how he does against better competition. That's interesting. I didn't, I mean, I knew the Philly system wasn't great, but um, yeah, you're right. Erie doesn't have a lot of the Pirates top prospects yet. And Akron's kind of an old team as far as pitching is concerned, not old, but guys that are, I guess, more steady, like, like, like you said, not a lot of velo on that roster. It's, it's, Eli Lingos, like you said, touches 91. I don't know how effective he can be as a big league pitcher if it ever comes to that. I, I kind of always saw him more as a reliever. Mm-hmm. Also, going to be hard with the three batter minimum rule to see if he can do that. But, um, you know, he at least has that deception, like you said. But everybody on that roster, like, you know, Tanner Tolley, who's going up to, uh, to Columbus to fill in for Scott Moss now, doesn't throw particularly hard. Shane McCarthy might have the best what velo of anybody on that on that rotation throwing ninety four. Yeah. I don't think anybody touches above ninety four in that rotation, do they? No, yeah, he's definitely the most projectable arm, um, and I think it's all that Erie's actually the the Detroit affiliate. Um, oh, that's Devin right, that's right. Yeah, so that they've been hitting the ball well, and McCarthy was really the only starter to kind of excel against them. He uh, struck out eight that outing, and I think that just shows a little bit of he's probably got the most projectable stuff. I don't think any of these guys, if even if they reach their max potential would be more than a four or five starter. Um, not a lot of huge prospect talent here, but guys who can definitely be effective at the double a level. Yeah. McCarthy, I think has some, I think I mentioned this before. He's got a little bit of Zach Plesak in him, a little bit of Aaron Savali where he doesn't throw particularly hard, but he's got two good breaking pitches. He's got good mm-hmm. command. Um, but yeah, definitely more of a four or five guy at best. And, that's okay. I mean, that's that's a guy they could eventually use uh, as a as a back of rotation guy or a, some depth options. Alex Royalty is kind of along the same lines. I feel like doesn't throw particularly hard, but I mean, he's been steady. He doesn't miss a lot of bats. McCarthy probably misses the most bats of any any starter, I would guess. Um, yeah, but he's more steady. Yeah, I think sure. the one thing I, you were at his last start, Juan Hillman. Juan Hillman's always been an interesting story, and he's a good guy. Um, very, very media friendly in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a, a weird path for him. He, in Lake County, he had such a hard time, like game to game. He would be, he'd have, he'd have a hard time getting out of the first inning some starts. And other starts, he would be good for like three innings, four innings to get to the fifth inning, and it would all fall apart on him. He had a hard time just kind of finding that consistent routine to help him, you know, get through his starts, whether it was, getting out of the first inning or not letting things blow up on him the second time through the order, but he's been really good this year. And, and uh, why do you think he's having so much success early in the season at double a? Yeah, I think just, he's really been suppressing hard contact and that's, and he talked about the yesterday post game is, you know, he's not, he's not going to overpower guys. He knows that his, his, his game is pitching to contact and getting guys to, to hit his pitches, um, you know, and, and he's definitely interesting. He had, this week, you know, he pitched 13 innings, but he had seven walks and only five strikeouts. So that's definitely not something that's sustainable for success. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes from here. Uh, and, and like I said, Reading's offense has been has been pretty poor. poor. They uh, Akron, after McCarthy gave up a two-run home run in the first inning on Friday night, they threw 22 and two-thirds consecutive scoreless innings. So I think a mixture of both, they're being effective, the Akron staff, but also some, some – slumps for the uh the reading offense yeah hellman was a, a high pick so i, I always kind of wonder like what the leash is with him because 
He was a 2015 yeah. second round pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and he was highly regarded because he was a, a strike thrower in high school. He's very, you know, not a big kid. He's only six two. I don't I don't know if he's even six two. He's listed at six two, but I'm not sure I'd buy that he's six two. Um, but they thought he'd be kind of one of those fast movers who could be a back of the rotation type. And he's had a long, I mean, he's only 24, but he's been in the league in the system for a while. And yeah. um, I wasn't really sure how much longer he'd have to kind of figure things out. And he's pitching well enough, so there's no reason to move on from him. I just always wonder, you know, as well as he's pitching, does it have any merit to see if he's going to make it to the majors? And I still don't know. But I, I'm glad he's having success because, like I said, he's – Always been a good kid. Always been rooting for him, but um, like you said, who knows if that stuff's going to work at the big league level? But he's at least found something where he can, like you said, suppress hard contact because he's never missed many bats. Yeah, yeah. And then just looking at the rotation now, uh, Tolly was was moved up to to Columbus. He'll be starting there on Tuesday. So there are two corresponding moves I saw today that were made. Uh, Eric Mock from Lynchburg was assigned to Akron. I saw that just pretty recently before we started recording. And uh, they added Alec Wisely from from Arizona, who was a 34th rounder two years ago. He hasn't played he hasn't played outside of Arizona yet. So I that might be more just a depth move because it sounds like they'll be doing a bullpen game tomorrow or on Tuesday in Binghamton. So and they also have a double header on Wednesday. So definitely a curious time to take a starter away from from uh, from Akron is off seven games in, in six days, but I guess we'll see how the bullpen holds up. They've been great so far. So, yeah, that's good. I mean, well, first of all, Akron has a ton of guys on the injured list that's on their roster. I mean, they for paper reasons they have Hankins and Vargas on the roster, but obviously they're not pitching this right. year. Um, but they have Cody Morris and Adam Scott, who were supposed to be part of Akron's um, rotation some point this year. They're both on the injured list. Uh, we have no idea when they're going to come back. I know they were both throwing in, in Arizona last check, but it's been a while, so maybe we need to figure out what's going on there. But, yeah, you mentioned the bullpen. Let's talk about Akron's bullpen real quick. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip ahead a little bit, but obviously let's talk about Nick Mikulacek since you mentioned the bullpen. You just did a feature on him. Yeah. Um, what did you kind of take away from t- just talking to him outside of the fact that he's just been dealing on the mound? Yeah, he's, I mean, definitely more reserved. Uh, talking to him one on one, he's. I I was able to see his highlight um, through your guys' uh, prospect rankings of, of him and Sam Houston State, and he's really fired up. He'll get re- really fired up on the mound in those big situations, but uh, yeah, he's definitely really reserved, um, and he's focused, and he knows what he has to do, and that's why I think he's had this this big improvement. Um, um, what's his name? Eric Eric Loggenhagen, uh, Fangraphs had him at ninety five, ninety seven, and in Arizona, the fall instructs this past year. And, and we're seeing that here early. So he made a lot of improvement over this pandemic. So really took advantage of that time he had off. That's just, I think it's so impressive that he was, I mean, he always, always thought he could be a fast mover, but you know, he was in short season ball in 2019. And then obviously he wasn't part of the alternate training site last year. And now he's in Akron and it's, I mean, he's dominating. I don't, I don't. Everyone keeps asking to see the next James Karinchak. I don't know if he's the next James Karinchak. I mean, James Karinchak is striking out half the batters he faces. That's yeah, an unrealistic thing to compare him to. But um, it's funny you say he's reserved because clearly on the mound he has a different mentality than yeah. he does off the field. But he also did say to you, you know, I'm, and off the field I'm just a regular guy. On the field I'm a totally different person. But and it seems yeah. like he is. He looks like 
he looks like a guy who should be a closer. That's what he looks like. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And he, I think he has that right mentality on the mound, you know, um, just that, that he's going to go out and get, and get the outs and, and blow his fastball by you. And, uh, that's actually kind of interesting, um, talking to the Reedy, uh, uh, Reading player development guy. He, uh, he's got the camera behind on plate. He was saying that his fastball has a little cut to it. So, I mean, that's just another part of, of Michael Ocek's game. That's, that's really interesting. And obviously he's got the big slider and he says he's, he's got a change up in a curveball he can mix in, but haven't really seen too much of those yet. I mean, he hasn't really needed to throw anything more really than the fastball and the slider so far. Yeah. Slider's given him plenty of swing and miss guys are chasing that for sure. So he's looked good. I, I don't know if the Indians have are going to have any openings this year in the bullpen, but if they did, I'm sure he could he could help them out. So maybe we'll see him next year. Um, do you think that just the way that he's gone about his business and the way hitters are reacting to him um, and the numbers, do you think that he is probably ready for another challenge, maybe going up to Columbus at some point this year? Oh, I mean, yeah, I think he'll be up in Columbus this year. He's he's going to move through quick and. I don't. I don't know if he'll make. I don't think he'll start out on the team in 2022. There really aren't any holes in the bullpen, and he's he's still really young. But I'd expect him to be in Columbus by the end of this year, and and uh, and definitely in Columbus for part of 2022. I could see him on the big league roster, really, honestly, by the end of 2022. He's he's got stuff that it's clear it'll translate, and as long as his command is is good, he'll be he'll be fine. And that hasn't been an issue yet. Yeah, I kind of wonder how much longer he'll he'll be in Akron. I mean, after the draft, they make some cuts if he'll he'll move up because I I think it looks like he they might as well just promote him to Columbus and let him get his feet going up there. Mm-hmm. Another guy that, that uh, has been around the system for a long time is Francisco Perez, a left-handed pitcher uh, who used to be a starter, has had a number of arm injuries uh, over his career, and I want to say he's been in the, in the system almost as long as Juan Hillman at this point, because I remember him starting for the uh, Lake County captains a couple of years back before he got hurt. He's been in the system since 2014, so quite a long time. Uh, you just mentioned to me that you've seen him up to 95 miles an hour. Um, does it look like he has kind of some, some bullpen stuff? I mean, left-handed 95, that's always going to play, but – um, right. Do you see anything else that for him that's playing up out of the bullpen that makes him a possible future option up there? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to see exactly how the offseason moving for the press box, but just watching some film from him, but, you know, before we started recording, he uh, the curveball really falls off the table or, or the breaking pitch, and and he's got a little interesting delivery. It, it's He's got a, a little but not really over-the-top arm slot, kind of three-quarter-ish, and I think that's that's going to be tough for guys to, to really hone in on and um, – he really accelerates through his delivery. Um, like it looks like he, he could be throwing 110 miles an hour with the way he throws, how much purpose he throws in and intent. I, and I wonder if the PV might be a little higher perceived velocity might be a little higher than, uh, than, uh, you know, what the gun's actually reading. And he's been really successful. Maybe just moving him to the pen has, you know, simplified it for him. All right, let me just throw my fastball. Let me throw one breaking pitch and, and get three outs in inning and kind of go from there. Um, I think it'd be interesting. Obviously, now there's a hole in rotation for Akron. I mean, they might be moving guys up over the next couple of days. I wonder if they maybe give him a shot back in the rotation at some point this year. Yeah, he started before. He just hasn't ever been mm-hmm. able to stay healthy. So, yeah, I wonder if maybe they'll go back to that well with him if they need somebody. So it sounds like he's got a very 
high effort delivery. It's, it's a, would you say yeah. it's violent, a violent delivery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd definitely say that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. I, I'm I'm curious about him, but I also I'm, I'm a little skeptical about just I, he was okay as a starter. Like I said, I think maybe it was mostly just health. So. Um, how about the rest of that bullpen? Any I, okay? First, I should ask you how how was the Juan Moda experience going in action? What <laughs> he's always been an interesting guy to watch pitch. Yeah, I, of course I missed his best outing. I guess he he pitched pretty well on on Tuesday, but every time I've seen him, it's just been obviously very wild. Um, the question always is is this can he be wildly effective? I mean, he's gonna he's gonna walk guys, but he's got the high velo. He was up to to ninety eight the last game I saw him. So, so the Velo's coming along, he'll probably be touching triple digits some point this summer. So it's, it's interesting to say at least, I mean, he's got the Velo. He's just, he's just got to get some control and he could definitely be a major league, a major league arm at some point. His, his delivery is, has always been crazy and it, it's always seemed like a violent delivery to me, but he also takes, if I remember from his time in Lake County, he works very slowly. He is not a guy who gets back on the mound when he gets the ball and fires it. Like I, I remember him in Lake County, like getting the ball back and it would be, you know, he was there before the pitch clock, 30 to 40 seconds, if not longer between pitches. Is he still taking forever between pitches? I haven't even noticed that to be honest. I wonder if maybe the pitch clock is, is, is making him speed up a little bit. I wonder if that was a focus. I, I hadn't noticed that. No. Okay. Well, I, that's true. That isn't that is the thing they're doing in Akron or Double A level. So that makes sense. But mm-hmm. yeah, he he would just took forever to throw the baseball in Lake County. It was so frustrating. <laughs> and if I was a hitter, man, I would not be standing in against him because that guy literally sometimes has no idea where the ball is going to go. That yeah, is terrifying. He, he he plunked a couple guys his first outing, but um, yeah, that his outing on on Tuesday, uh, May eighteenth, he threw an inning in a third, two hits, no walks, three strikeouts. So that was definitely. Definitely good to see. He um, he did hit a guy, which I already mentioned. Yeah, can't can't be too fun to be hit my Moda, but he was definitely better on on Tuesday and, and looked fine on on I believe it was Saturday he threw. So he's interesting. Dakota Clummer has 15 strikeouts and eight innings. I'm not sure what to make of him. Um, Aaron yeah. Pinto and Jake Meadnick. Any of the, I mean, I know Pinto is like the exact opposite of Moda, where he throws like what 90, 92, but it, he has some of the best command of any reliever in the system. Yeah, he yeah, him and him and Clummer. I mean, they've all been really. This whole bullpen has been extremely effective. And Rudy talked about how he's just trying to put guys in situations, you know, where they can succeed. And he's obviously done that so far. Uh, I think Clemmer, I think, is the most interesting out of those three, just because he's thrown a bit harder. He was he's approaching the mid nineties. He's got kind of a unique windup um, that I, I think might be a little tough for some hitters seeing him uh, first time or you know sparingly throughout a season. Um, but yeah, Pinto and Mid- and Midnick, you know, maybe their their ceiling is probably you know mid inning relievers. They they need in terms of MLB uh, aspirations, they would need to be uh, to be more effective, I think, than um, than others in terms of command, just because they're not really filling up the zone with with velocity. Yeah, Pinto was was fun to watch in Lake County. He was one of those guys who was quick and just had a ton of good command. I kind of wonder if he's kind of a, a Dan Otero type, you know, one of those yeah. guys that kind of fills up the back end of your bullpen because he has good command and um, can do a couple other things to get the ball on the ground. He's got an interesting arm slot, but 
Yeah, uh, he had a very good outing on uh, on Thursday, three inning save, and and that goes into that command probably. He did walk two guys, but he's definitely been effective. And like I said, this this whole bullpen has been effective, which is is good because their starting pitching has been pretty inconsistent at times. Yeah, it really has been. It, like it's like we talked about, just not a lot of guys with a lot of stuff. It's it's a very command heavy uh, pitching staff overall, except for. For Juan Moto and, and Nick, Nick Mikolacek. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully they hang on to those guys for a little bit just because the staff I feel like needs it. Um, let's move over to the hitting side of things. Tyler Freeman had a five-hit game uh, since the last time we did a Farm Report podcast. Uh, he's had two, three strikeout games this season, which uh, both of those were career first for him. Very surprising. But, of course, since then he has had no strikeouts in the last seven games. That spans 29 at-bats. Uh, <laughs> the guy yeah. just... I don't know how he does it. And it, it, sometimes it's not orthodox the way he swings the bat or puts the bear on the ball, but man, that guy just, he hits and he hits and he hits some more. Yeah. He's he, extremely impressive to watch in person. Um, I got it. I was, it was a beautiful day uh, yesterday on Sunday and I was able to walk down and, and sit behind home plate. And yeah, I mean, he's just small guy, but the bat speeds there and, and he really just can plug it wherever he needs to, wherever, wherever no one is. And, and the speed is, is extremely impressive as well. He had a ball into right center field gap that yesterday that he really probably could have made a triple and the outfielders got, got to it so quickly. He was just flying around the bases. He's, he's extremely impressive to watch. I'm definitely happy that he's in double A and not, and not anywhere else. I get to watch some, some good talent there. I think we're starting to see some power from him too. It looks like he had Mm -hmm. his first home run the other day and then a double down the left field line. Um, I mean, power, it might be a part of his game going forward. I mean, you might be able to see him get 10, 15 home runs someday. Um, but just, you know, do you think that he's going to grow in a little bit more? Are you seeing anything in the swing, of, you know, or just the way he's having at bats, the way he's able to pick on some pitches that he, could, that he knows he can drive? That's a big thing for hitters. It's like mm-hmm. maturation process, being able to – recognize what pitches they can turn on and what pitches they need to do what Freeman does where he hits the ball hard the other way. But do you start, do you feel like we're starting to see the development here of some average power, maybe a little bit less? Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's definitely common. I think his, his first run was, is, was very impressive. It was a one, two count and it was on a breaking ball that it hung a little bit, but he did a good job staying back on it and driving it out to left field and, and like we talked about already a little bit, you know, if you're hitting a ball out in Akron, it's it's a home run just about anywhere. So he's definitely showing that. And the first pitch of that game, he, he – uh, or first A.B., I don't remember if it was the first pitch, but he he drove a double to left field over the, uh, the outfielder's head. I think he really – he has gap power for sure. And I think that he could work into that uh, – into maybe over-the-fence power here coming soon. He, he is a small guy, and he really might not need – the power to be to be successful. I know you were talking last week, maybe like Tim Anderson, Nick Madrigal were two comparisons you guys threw around. He's probably somewhere in the middle in terms of of his power and his offensive game. Um, I don't know if he'll strike out as much as Tim Anderson. I don't know if he's he's going to have more power than Nick Madrigal for sure. I think just about anybody will. But yeah, he's it'll be I think ten to fifteen home runs is, at most points in his career will probably be be where he'll be at. <clears throat> The only thing with him concerns me is the lack of walks, and and yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean you have to like you know, 
Tim Anderson doesn't walk a lot either. Um, he strikes out a little bit more, like you said, than Freeman does. I just kind of wonder going forward how that's going to go. We just said he hasn't had any strikeouts in his last seven games, but he only has two walks in that time. So, yeah, know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. That does concern me a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's definitely an old school, old school <laughs> one-two hitter like you guys were saying last week for sure. Yeah, which is a lot of fun. I mean, he plays the game really hard. Like you said, he's he's fun to watch. He is kind of a throwback in, in a lot of ways. Um, another guy who doesn't walk a lot, I'm curious to get your thoughts on Oscar Gonzalez. Oscar Gonzalez yeah. famously in 2019 won 118 plate appearances to start the season without a walk. And he's already got two this year. So that's a, a big improvement over two years ago. Um, but he's hit the crap out of the ball. He's got five homers. He's got a 904 OPS. Always had good power. It's just a, a hard time getting it to play in games because he just swings so much and makes he makes he makes a lot of contact because he doesn't strike out a ton for a power hitter, but he hits the ball on the ground a lot and uh, he's getting more power this year in Akron. That's good to see. But what are you what are you kind of seeing from his approach so far? Yeah, I mean he he's definitely a free swinger. It is encouraging. He doesn't strike out a lot, and also just to go with those two walks, the one walk. Um, was on four pitches, and he was almost hit with three of those pitches. I do remember that one very clearly. So <laughs> it's definitely really not trying to, to get on base that way. But he, once again, I was able to go down and see right behind home plate. And obviously, he's just a physical specimen. He's 6'4", 250. The dude is just ginormous. And unfortunately, we don't get stat cast readings at game. But even yesterday, on Sunday, he was three for five and all three singles he hit were just absolutely smoked. I mean, they were the, – the sound off the bat was, I mean, echoed throughout the park. He really hits the ball hard, and that's someone I really wish we could see the stat cast data because I bet he, he barrels the ball a lot more than, than you would realize. Yeah, he's never had a problem with power. Like I said, just it's a matter of getting the ball in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like he's starting to improve upon that this year because he already has five homers, and like we talked about, like you said before – hitting the ball out of the ballpark in Akron is no easy feat. Have you seen him on defense yet? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just going back to that, four of those home runs are in Akron. So the power is wow. definitely legit. Um, but yeah, defensively he is, uh, he's definitely a liability. I, I don't know if he really is going to ever have a position. You, you probably stick him out and left and just cross your fingers. Cause, and, and it's really, it's really obvious when Benson plays left field the next day and you're like, okay, that would Benson literally got to that ball yesterday and Oscar was like 10 feet from it. So it's, it's going to be tough for him. Um, he did throw out a runner the other day. Um, one of my first games I covered. So, you know, maybe the arm is, is above average. Um, I don't see too many scouting reports on his, on his arm specifically. It's his offensive game. That's, that's going to carry him. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely a liability defensively. Yeah, it's always been unfortunate that he was DH only, and that just means that he has to get to that power even more to make it to the major league level. So mm-hmm. uh, at least worth keeping an eye on that the power, like you said, four home runs in Akron, um, it's it's an improvement for him over years past. And he struggled a lot in Akron in 2019. It was very short sample size, but um, it's at least encouraging that, that the offensive profile is moving towards the fact – moving towards – up some progression where you can at least see that he might have a, a chance as a low end DH. Uh, you mentioned Will Benson hitting under 200, which, you know, it's alarming. It's 37% strikeout rate. That's always been how he's been, but OPS is over 900 because he's got right. five extra base hits and he's taking a ton of walks, but 
Um, this is the first time I think you've probably seen Benson play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned his defense. He he is just so much fun to watch. I know the strikeouts are, are tough to get over, but he does everything when he made, when he hits the ball, when he makes contact, everything he does is just so it's so fun to watch. I feel like. Yeah, you guys talked about him a little last week. Uh, what you and Pat and the tools are definitely there. It's really obvious. Um, just what I've seen from him so far, like he he works the count, um, like really works the count. And that part of that might be because he's swinging and missing a lot. I feel like I definitely see him swing and miss at pitches, but he's seen almost as many balls as he has strikes this year, 134 balls, 158 strikes. So he's really working the count. He's not putting a lot of balls in play. Um, his bab is at 300, so there hasn't really been an issue there. But when he's hitting the ball, he's he's usually hitting it pretty hard. Um, and his home runs aren't cheap ones. So when he hit on Sunday, I looked down at my phone to um, someone that liked my tweet or something and heard the crack of the bat, looked up, and the ball was in the stand. So he really can can hit the ball hard. And then defensively, like I mentioned, he is he's really good. It's I feel like it's kind of a waste when they have him out and left. But he does a great job there too. He could he could play all three spots and be absolutely fine um, at the big league level for sure. And he runs well for a guy his size as well. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what what are I mean? You say he's working deep counts. He's always gotten deep into the count. He's swinging and missing a lot. Does it look like he's swinging missing at pitches in the zone? Is he chasing a lot? I mean, I always saw at Lake County. He just had a heart like – he had a good eye at the play. He wasn't mm-hmm. – didn't have a hard time with, like, breaking stuff down in the zone. He was pretty good about laying off balls. He had a good idea of the strike zone. All the swing and miss in Lake County, like I said, came in the zone. He's swinging and missing at pitches yeah. that are in the zone because the swing is just long. Or do yeah, you feel like he's exactly. – double-A pitching is kind of making it harder for him? Um, could be a mixture of both, but that one thing we we've all noticed kind of in the press is the press box is the swing is very very long. Um, he's he's definitely going to have trouble once he sees the higher velo and because yeah, like I said, just really long swing and that I feel like you're right. It, it has been more pitches swinging through the zone. Um, you know, it's tough to get like I said a great read all the way up. You know, in the press box, definitely going to try and get down more for some abs in the stands if I can, but. It's just a long swing, so he's going to swing through some pitches here and there. And when he connects, so obviously it's it's legitimate. So that'll be interesting to see if that's an adjustment he makes as he continues to move up. I think he'll definitely be in AAA at some point. And if not this year, he'll definitely be there next year. So we'll see how he improves in, in that right. Hope he does because, like we said over and over, he is fun to watch. How about some of the surprise guys in this offense? These are not guys I thought coming into the year – we're going to do much. It's still early, but Trenton Brooks has adjusted nicely. He had some good numbers in 2019 in Akron. He's he's had some good numbers in the minors in the past. He's just never been he's never been on my radar. He's never been on anybody's radar. Um, he's a little bit older for the level, but what have you seen from Trenton Brooks, and what have they thought of him so far? Yeah, so I talked to Trenton a little bit um, yesterday as well on Sunday, and so he's a, he's a 17th round pick from college back in 2016. So he's older. Um, I really, I really like his plate discipline profile. Um, it's tough to see everything with um, guys in the minors, but he's walking at uh, 20.3% of the time and only striking out 17.2%. So he's always been a really good plate discipline guy. He's currently has more walks than strikeouts, 13 walks, 11 strikeouts. So that's 
that's very encouraging. Usually if, if you have plate discipline like that and a little bit of pop, it can go a long way. And he's got three bombs so far this year. So it's definitely, it's definitely encouraging. He, he's someone, you know, I could see in AAA, you know, maybe next year in the future and being a guy you call up when someone gets hurt and, and him producing it at a solid level, possibly as the last guy off the bench, maybe second last guy. But um, he's also moved over to first this year. He, he hadn't played first. He said he hadn't played first since he was maybe 15 in a game. And he was the opening day first baseman this year. So that was really interesting. And, and he's looked fine over there. I mean, not a position it's not a position you really can look horrible at, but he's been doing well over there. Yeah, I don't know if the offensive profile is going to care. I mean, he can always go back to the outfield if they need him to, but the Akron just didn't have anybody to play there. Yeah. Um, I just kind of wonder how all that's going to play if he moves up. But I'm curious to see how the rest of his season plays out because if he keeps hitting like this at double A, and like you said, he's he is a little bit older, but more walks and strikeouts. He's hitting the ball over the fence a little bit. Um, maybe someone that, that might get a cup of coffee someday and, and – can be a bench player at first base and outfield, especially as a left-handed hitter. Um, mm-hmm. Not somebody I really had, on my, like I said, on my radar before. And a guy I really want to talk about, and you talked about him after the first game you saw him, was Mike Rivera. Mike Rivera yeah. is a former six-rounder out of Florida in 2017. He is a backup to, to Bo Naylor, obviously. But uh, Rivera in Lake County, I think he broke his hand. He had some sort of illness that kept him out for a while. He's had a, a various amount of injuries, and he's a little bit older as well. Um, but he's hit the ball well, and he was really taken in the, in the draft in the sixth round for his club, not his bat. He's always had a good eye at the plate, but he's hitting the ball well so far. What It seems like he's really embraced his role, and I kind of wonder if there's still a future for him as, as a backup catcher. Yeah, I mean, outside of Naylor, I mean, and then uh, the kid down in, in, I believe, Lynchburg, I'm going to butcher his name, so I'm not even going to try and say it. But there really isn't a lot of catcher talent in the system. And, you know, maybe he gets a a shot starting somewhere eventually. Maybe Naylor's up in AAA, and they let Rivera take the reins in Akron. But um, he's got an 860 OPS, and that's basically all from yesterday. On Sunday, Mm -hmm. he had four hits, two doubles. So, I mean, he looks looks good swinging the bat. And uh, the one thing I've been really impressed about is him, and I've talked to him twice now, it's really his, his, his mindset and his approach to the position he's in. You know, obviously you're stuck behind a top five prospect, you know, so it's, it, it can be tough and you're not going to play more than twice a week probably. So, and he's really embraced it. He's, he's talked about how he's just kind of sticking to his routine, what works for him and, and he's going to be ready to play every day and uh, produce and do what he's supposed to do whenever he gets his chances. And it sounds like he and Bo Naylor have a really good relationship too. Yeah, yeah, he's talked about that. You know that that he's going to help Bo out as much as he can. Um, you know, he said he says he feels kind of like a journeyman, which is funny because he's only obviously been with the Indians, but it, it probably feels like he's been here for for a lot longer than he thought. Um, you know, being a sixth rounder, and uh, yeah, he, he's been talking about how you know he's going to help Bo out as much as he can, and because you know if he was in Bo's situation, he'd hope that Bo would do that for him. So definitely a great mindset and seems like a really, a really good teammate and great guy to, to have as a mentor. How has he looked defensively? Um, he's looked good. I mean, they, they Redding really tested Naylor earlier in the week, but they didn't do much with, I mean, they were down big early, so they didn't do much against Rivera, but he's, he's looked like, I mean, caught Hillman 
and Hillman and Hillman had a great game. So he definitely seems like he's managing the game well. Um, but nothing really stuck out to me, good or bad, about his defensive game through the two times I've seen him so far. I'll have to keep an eye on that. He had a really good arm in Lake County and, and in Florida. He was, like I said, he was definitely drafted for his glove and not his bat. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'll be curious to see if he can kind of carve out a role as a backup with, with all that going on. Um, last guy I want to bring up – well, I'll let you bring up anybody else I think I might have missed, but the last guy I have planned is Richard Palacios um, has mm-hmm. played – a lot of outfield and some second base. 804 PS doesn't really have a, enough power to play in a corner spot. So I think this versatility is really good for him. Uh, but I, I feel like it's just really impressive how well he's doing, considering he missed all 2019 with that shoulder injury and then obviously was not around last year because of COVID. Yeah. You know, and Cleveland has a lot of, well, there's, I mean, there's definitely three guys I feel like that have this kind of profile contact first. Not a lot of pop, um, you know, with him, Freeman, and Fermin. And, of course, they're all middle infielders. Um, but he's looked good. I saw him in center field on Sunday, and he looked pretty smooth out there, pretty natural. There's a couple fly balls that looked like, you know, they were smoked off the bat, and, and he, he settled in and tracked them well. And he's looked fine out there. I wonder how the arm translates. You know, I feel like second base is where he profiles in the infield, so I don't know if the arm – is going to be very strong in the outfield, but he definitely looked good tracking fly balls. And obviously, he's been he's been hitting the ball well. They've had him, they've had him hitting, him hitting mostly second. They had him third on Sunday with with Alex Call getting the day off. But uh, yeah, I've definitely been impressed with him so far, and great for him because, like you said, he's missed two years and three years counting um, this COVID year. So yeah, he was another pick who I think people kind of forgot about a third round pick. And, and I've mentioned this before, you've got all these middle infielders in the system that are, are highly regarded. And because he's missed 2019 and, and wasn't around for 2020, the alternate site, I feel like he kind of got lost the conversation. Another, And he's in double A. Like he, where did he start? He started in, he was in Lake County in 2018 um, before he got hurt. And now he's in double A. So he skipped high A after two years off. That's pretty impressive. So we'll see what happens to him. I agree with you. I think he's got to be a second baseman and probably a left fielder. If, if he, I mean, definitely not a right fielder. I don't know if he has the speed to play center. I haven't seen him out there. I don't know if you really feel yeah, like he can I, handle center. He, I mean, he looks quick. I, you know, I don't know how he profiles, you know, comparatively to a lot of the other guys. I mean, but he's definitely got some speed, maybe center field as a stopgap or, or, or left field maybe is where he would profile the best in the outfield. But um, Ruggie's really done a great job of getting these guys in different positions, especially when a lot of them play similar positions. So, you know, it's good for them because obviously what do they want to do? They want to get to the majors and the more positions they play, the easier that can become for them. So, Yeah, that's it's happening every level. It's happening up and down because of, of all these guys being shortstops. Anybody you think I missed? Any any storylines you think we I didn't bring up that uh... – are definitely uh, worth yeah, the, on. The only other guy that I I've enjoyed watching so far, uh, Alex Call, center fielder, who we uh, we got uh, Cleveland got in the Yonder Alonso trade back in 2018. Um, he's been solid so far. Really struggled in 2019 in Akron, but Ruby's been faithful to him. He's really faithful to the guys that he's had before. Um, he's been hitting him third, and I mean he's doing all right. He's got a, a seven seven forty four OPS. He plays some good defense, and he's. He's been driving in runs, so 
four bags as well without being caught so far. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Maybe he's working that into his game more, but I've been impressed by him really the whole lineup um, in Akron so far. Yeah. A lot of guys taking a lot of walks. That's a team with the high on base percentage and that can, that can make for some long games when you have guys in the team who are having deep at bats and, and can get on base through the walk. I feel like that can make the game long sometimes because that's not what baseball, I guess, was ever meant to be. But right. um, that's kind of where we are. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sure that makes yeah, the and, game. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and I think that's why they. I mean, these their last two games, you know, 11 runs, 13 runs, they've been able to cash in when they get those walks. So that's definitely a big part of their game as a team. Obviously, Gonzalez and Freeman don't include into that, but um, there are a lot of guys I noticed that had more walks than hits so far, which is, which is really interesting. Um, we'll see if that continues throughout the season. Yeah, for sure. That's the type they've, they've gone with in the draft. Let's, uh, let's kind of roll for the rest of the affiliates here. Get to some questions. Uh, Scott Moss left his last start with an injury and we talked about Tanner Tully is going up to Columbus to fill in and McKenzie's already in that rotation. So, um, not good for Scott Moss, not good for the Indians because they're already rolling through a lot of depth. Uh, as far as the back half of the rotation rotation is gone. Don't know what Moss's injury is, but if he had to miss a start, that doesn't mean anything good. Uh, Daniel Johnson, Bradley Zimmer, Bobby Bradley, Nolan Jones, all feel like they're starting to hit a little bit better. It's going to take some time. Uh, you feel like we're going to see any of those guys soon? Yeah, I think the order in which we'd see them would be Johnson, Bradley, uh, Zimmer, Jones. I feel like Jones is probably not going to get up till. So 2022 at this point, if we do see all four of those guys, um, you know, within the next two years, uh, like I said before, I think Johnson's probably the next guy that gets a call. Could be Bradley as well if they're looking to fill that power need. But, yeah, I think they're going to leave Jones down there, especially with the struggles early. He did have a good week this week. But, uh, yeah, they're going to want to let him get some time down there and get and get as many ABs as possible. I agree. I think the only thing you could see is is maybe Naylor goes to first, and and if they ever decide to move on from J- Jake Bowers and um, Johnson in right field, or like you said, if they want to replace the DH spot in Value Bradley, there's an opening there. I don't really know about Zimmer. I guess maybe that would depend on if they're ready to move on from Harold Ramirez, but he's been yeah o- okay. Been good. And Nolan Jones, I don't think we'll see him this year at all, just because of. Um, all the guys they have to kind of sort through to get there. Oscar Mercado uh, has looked really bad in the minors. I'm, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he's definitely hitting uh, below 200, if not close to 200, and I just don't know if he's ever going to recover. It's going to be tough. Uh, it's early. There's no reason to say he's not going to recover, I guess, but this is uh, going back to last summer uh, after COVID was – or the after the – after the, the season started uh, yeah. for the sixty game season, and he yeah he's hitting a buck sixty four at the four sixty seven OPS hard hard to hard to believe at this point he is ever going to make it back without a, a dramatic change I guess yeah it's kind of crazy I mean we thought he was a lock to be the center fielder I mean after twenty nineteen for the next five years you know and and I really just wonder if it's mostly mental at this point I mean there's not it's tough to look at all the data but. Even last year, it didn't look like there were a lot of underlying issues. Nothing really in his in his game change. His strikeout percentage went way up, but that's since come back down. He's actually walking a bit more to start the year in AAA, and you know, so I don't. It's really tough to see if there's any any changes there. So yeah, like I said, I wonder if it's just it's just mental at this point. 
which really stinks because he showed a lot in that 2019 season down the stretch. Yeah, they could really – I mean, he, he had a 96-way run create a plus uh, in an OPS that was around – it was 761. They could certainly use that out of anybody at this point. So who knows? Uh, Ernie Clement got hurt a couple days ago. Uh, he had played some outfield and some infield, but he has been missing an action since. He's not on the injured list, so uh, we'll try to get an update on that. Gabriel Arias left the game another week, too, after turning a double play. His back head was hurt, but he's back now. Um, he's had a couple home runs the opposite field. He's looked pretty good. Um, you know, the numbers are what they are. He's definitely walked a little bit more than I expected, which is a good thing for him. But we'll see what happens as he gets settled in. It's only been a few games. I'm, I'm trying not to take too much from that, but he's at least held his own to this point. Um, let's go on to the rotation. Logan Allen has continued to struggle. I don't think you'll see him back up anytime soon. We talked about McKenzie and Tully. Uh, Kirk Bacardi is a guy that really interests me. I don't know, Caleb, how much you've seen of Kirk Bacardi, but um, he seems more like a pitchability lefty who throws like 92. Kind of reminds me a little bit of, of uh, Eli Lingos, but throws a little bit harder and is a little bit shorter, but kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just out of those guys, I mean, Allen just, it's really surprising, especially after those first couple of starts, it looked like. He would be a viable option for this year. Um, I mean, we've talked about this at, at nauseum. You know, spring training stats really don't mean anything. Um, what I, I really noticed, I mean, just looking at his, at Allen's, you know, uh, scouting reports, the changeup was the pitch. And I really felt like he got away from that, um, you know, when he was up, which is interesting because, you know, a lot of the scouting reports were like, you know, it's going to be based on how effective the changeup is. And, and it, I feel like it wasn't. I don't know if you saw the same thing or or if you saw something di- or saw anything different. Yeah, he was he was very slider heavy in the majors. And he's kind of favored the slider over the changeup. But he's, like you said, prospect-wise, when he was coming up to, uh, through Boston's system or in San Diego's, he was more of a, uh, a changeup guy. And he's really gotten away from that. So you're right. I, we'll see if he continues to – work on that. It's just, it hasn't been good so far in triple a, um, the rest of the pitching staff in Columbus has just not been good because of how many guys are going up and down from Cleveland because of the tax bullpen and the four or five spots being so up in the air. Uh, one note is Anthony goes and DJ Johnson are playing on team USA's qualifier team. They're going to be gone for a few weeks. So that's why you saw this week in Columbus, they grabbed, uh, what, Zach Draper went up there. Jordan Stevens got activated. Uh, Matt Cook was signed in spring training. He's up there with them now. And now Tanner Tolley is going up. So you'll continue to see guys get shuffled into Columbus's rotation with those two uh, being gone for at least two weeks with Team USA. Uh, especially just, I mean, good for Ghost getting that opportunity, but I know Cleveland wants to see more of him. Oh, let's see. Lynchburg. Uh, just going to mention that one crazy game they had on the weekend. They were down nine to nothing after like three innings, and the game went twelve innings. And the only time they led a game um, was when they when they won fourteen to thirteen. They didn't have a lead the entire game. Both teams scored a run in the ninth, the tenth, the eleventh, and the twelfth. The uh, Hillcats scored two in the twelfth to win. And then Jan Kenzie Noel, the probably one of the best stories in the minors so far this year for Cleveland. They had a five hit game. All singles. He's hit a lot of, for a lot of power this year, but that game he only had five singles. Um, the next day he got hit by a pitch on the hand. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, we have no idea what his timetable is. It doesn't sound like it's going to be serious, but 
hope it's okay. I know you've you've kept up with him a little bit. What what are your thoughts on Yankenzi Noel so far? Yeah, I mean, most of what I've heard from it is from from our guy Joe, and you know, he's been spot on with him. He's he's been extremely impressive, and uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see him move up. I wonder how long he'll be in Lynchburg if he continues to hit like this. Maybe maybe I'll get to see him by the end of the year. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know if we'll see him in Akron. He's only he's only nineteen, and and I don't even know if it's a drop from Lake County. County. Yeah. yeah, and and, and uh, Joe Naranjo, who is the first baseman in Lake County, he is the youngest player in that league. He's twenty years old, so I don't know. It might be a it might be a full year for Noel down in Lynchburg. We'll see. Uh, only a two point eight percent walk rate. <laughs> Guess really not a lot of first base depth in the system. We got a couple of young guys in Lynchburg and in Lane County and Akron doesn't even have a, a first baseman really. So that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, if Naranjo plays well, maybe he gets to Akron this year, but he is extremely young. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Will Bartlett has hit for a ton of power this year. He's looked good for them. Andres Melendez had a four hit game this week. He was really more of a defensive catcher. Um, he had two home runs and a double the other day. If he can, if he can add offense, if he can add any kind of offense to this game, he's a high contact hitter, but, um, if he breaks through offensively, he becomes a major prospect for them because defensively he is, has got a lot of skills. Mike Caprice has been really fun. Uh, he's a Division II kid uh, from California. He's got a 12-game on base streak. And then on the other side of things, uh, Alex Replanez and Gabriel Rodriguez have had a lot of swing and miss issues. They've been exposed early on at low A. And on the pitching side, man, this pitching has been so fun. The hitting's been great, but the pitching in Lynchburg obviously has been great. Uh, Xavier Curry took a no hitter into the seventh inning or the sixth inning, seventh inning last time out. He just continues to dominate hitting uh, hitters at that level. And then Daniel Espino uh, hit a hundred and one on the radar gun last week. And I think we're going to see him move up sometime <laughs> midsummer. He's been yeah. crazy to watch. Yeah. I mean, that's just awesome. It's not like, He's coming out of the pen. He's starting and hitting, hitting one on one. That's just that's awesome to see, especially at, at his age. That's ridiculous. So that's hopefully. I I mean, I'd love to see some arms here in Akron because you know, good start for them if they want to continue that. They're going to need some of these arms in, in Lake County or Lynchburg to come up and give them some reinforcements to to have a good season. Well, you'll definitely see. Logan Tia, the other Logan Allen, at some point this year. Uh, mm-hmm. That's when we'll move on to Lake County next. But uh, oh, I will mention, Kate Smith got added to the Lynchburg roster over the weekend. He had seven strikeouts in two and two-thirds innings. So everybody he faced, he struck out. Uh, that's a pretty darn good debut. He was a 2020 undrafted free agent out of Hawaii. Um, yeah, Logan T. Allen, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I talked to him last week for a feature that's going to come up soon on IBI. Um, I'm pretty sure he's got like two starts left in Lake County before he heads up to Akron, especially with um, losing Tanner Tully and all the all the depth options that are they're going through it at Columbus. So um, definitely, you should get a look at Logan T. Allen sometime in the month of June up there. Um, yeah, I'm definitely excited to, to see him. Um, yeah, just going back to Smith, I wonder too. You know, the listeners hearing he's undrafted. I mean, you have to remember the. 2020 draft class was only five rounds. So he, he might've been a guy that, I mean, who knows? I'm not sure what his draft stock was, but he's probably a guy who would have been drafted. So not, not just some random guy coming in throwing well. He's, he's probably a legitimate baseball player and someone who might have some success going forward. 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of guys that didn't get picked up. Like uh, we've seen Jaime Arias, Bautista, and Joe Donovan. All those guys would have been drafted in the, in the tenth round, a ten round draft or a twenty round draft. They're undrafted free agents, but they're not really because in a nor- if it was normal, they would have you know they've reduced the draft since, but they definitely should have been picked at some point. So they're not just your run of the mill, you know, college seniors that got picked up at the end. Um, so yeah, Logan T. Allen's going to be up at some point in Akron. Uh, Tanner Burns kind of had a rough start this week. He gave up four runs. Uh, it wasn't terrible, but, um, that's his first bump in the road. We'll see how it'll be interesting to see how he recovers from that. He's been very advanced. He'll be in Akron at some point this year. I don't know when, uh, Mason Hickman had another good start. He's the third of those 2020 draft picks that are in Lake County. Um, another guy who could move relatively quick too. Uh, Brian Lavastida is out with a wrist sprain. No timetable to return. George Valera has not played since two Wednesdays ago, so we're almost on 14 days without George Valera at this point. Uh, Cleveland's had no update on him, and they're cagey about it. Sounds like it's an oblique. That's not good. He's 40-man, or I should say he's Rule 5 eligible this fall. they got to get him on the field. They have to get him to play. Uh, right. He's missed a lot of time with injuries. It's it's to me, it's very concerning. Like we had this conversation before. Um, you asked you asked Ruby about Joey Cantillo, and he told you exactly what was going on. Every time we ask Lake County what's going on with George Valera, it's it's the same cagey answer that uh, we're just reevaluating. He's day to day. It's so weird. Yeah, and and even he gave me uh, some information on, on Stephen Kwan too, who's about. He's two weeks out from from really getting back into game shape. So yeah, Rudy's been been awesome with that. It is it is really odd. Maybe maybe they just really don't know yet, and they're just trying to get him some rest. But definitely odd for sure. Yeah, not a good development for him. I, I mean, I still think he's probably going to be added to the forty man roster in the fall because he's a top hundred prospect. But if they don't see a lot of games out of him this year, man, it's going to be tough, and it's it's going to be unfortunate because they just haven't seen a lot of him. Um. Jose Tina and Will Will Brennan. I talked to Will Brennan for a feature too that'll be coming up sometime in June. Fun kid who walks more than he strikes out, like a lot of guys in the system. Um, has kind of added some power to his game. He's another guy who plays all three outfield spots and plays them very well. Um, I'd imagine he'll be in Akron at some point too. Brian Rocchio has shown some power, but um, has had some rough games here and there too, but he's also a young player. Jose Ten, I have noticed, has struggled with uh, left-handed pitching and breaking stuff gets him out on front. But, again, 19-year-old who hasn't played above Arizona at this point. So, um, not a lot to knock him for. Their bullpen has been inconsistent. They've really had Tim Heron, who's got 15 strikeouts and in 10 innings, and Nick Gallagher, who's got 16 and 9 innings, but he's a little bit old for the level. And Kevin Coulter, who was a high pick in 2019, he's had his moments as well. Um, let's see where we're at time-wise. We actually got a lot. We're over, over an hour, and we've already got a lot of questions. So let's let's, let's try to breeze through these real quick. We'll do mm-hmm. we'll do every other answer. So uh, if you want to answer the first one, uh, Glenn Longwell wants to know: with no answer in center field at the major league level and Framel being down, safe to assume Miller won't be the only call up to come. If so, who else do you see getting some major league time? Yeah, so we kind of talked about maybe the, the, the hierarchy of guys coming up with Johnson and Bradley, probably the top two options. But the other issue you have to factor in now is with McKenzie being sent down is there's either going to be a bullpen-ish day or there's going to be 
a day where, where J.C. Mejia is the starter, and he's not going to give us much length, most likely. So, and we still have Sam Hinchiggs getting his start. So we'll we'll see how he's used um, recording this on Monday night here on Monday. But they're going to need to keep some bullpen arms, um, and you know Tito likes to use them. Um, you know, back-to-back days, but there's there are going to be some guys that will be used a lot with those two guys as your four and five starters. And Nathan at nasty and eight nine five seven nine, uh, his first question was, "Where are all the kids at?" And I'm like, "You, you got to give us more than that, man." So he replied, "He wants to know with uh, what's going on with George Valera. We just talked about that. Alexi Planez, we talked about him briefly. He is in Lynchburg and he's had a rough go of it." Um, I think he last I checked, he had like 16 strikeouts in one walk. He's just having a hard time putting the bat on the ball. Isaiah Green, who was part of the Francisco Lindor trade, he is going to be in the Arizona Rookie League when that starts up in sometime in June. Uh, Carson Tucker, Petey Halpin, who were 2020 draft picks, same thing. They're all going to be part of the uh, Arizona Rookie League that starts in June. So that's where those guys are at. Uh, Joe Koblitz will be all over those guys once that starts up down in Arizona. It's great to have him down there. All right, Caleb, take this one. Taffy Lee Fubbins at Ryan0702. That's a fun uh, name, not the handle. But any harm in bringing up Bradley at this point to see if we can inject some power at first base, move Jose to clean up so Eddie can get some better pitches batting in front of him. If we're going to survive five to seven weeks, we need Eddie Rosario to hit. Uh, What do you think about moving Bobby Bradley up? We talked about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on – I mean, really the whole issue with any of these call-ups is Bowers. Um, if Bowers is up the whole year, it, it makes it tough for Bradley because he'd be a DH only. Um, they're not going to – they to play them together, they, they play the same position essentially. So that's going to be tough. But Bradley probably could be up at some point um, in this five to seven weeks with Fran Mill Hurt um, in that DH spot. And and the second part of this, um, I really don't see Jose ever, ever moving to the cleanup spot um, – He's, he's done so well in that three hole and, and Eddie, you know, they're just going to flip Eddie to the four spot. He had been there earlier in the year and we'll see what happens. I mean, he's, he's hit his whole career. You know, I, I assume he's going to break out of the sump eventually. He's never really struggled this much in his career. So it's really perplexing, honestly. Um, and hopefully he figures it out soon. Yeah. They need Eddie Rosario in the worst way with, with Reyes down uh, James Salfie. Uh, one of those an outline for what they're going to do with Rule Fives. They can't expose them. Is a purge of guys like Zimmer, Mercado, Chang likely? So if you look at the Indians roster real quick, um, Brian Shaw is a free agent at the end of the year. Maybe they want him back. Maybe not. That's a forty-man spot. Maybe gone. Uh, Rene Rivera, Austin Hedges are both free agents at the end of the year. Those are that's two more roster spots that are for sure going to open up. Um, Jake Bowers, I have to imagine, if even if they let him play all year, I can't imagine if he plays like this, they're going to want him back next year, even if he does, for some godforsaken reason, play the whole season for them. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a spot. Uh, Cesar Hernandez is a free agent. That's a spot. Yu Chang, I think they can move on from. Clearly, they're not playing him enough to believe in him, so that's a spot. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else in that 40-man spot that they could reasonably – yeah, you can move on from, from Mercado or Zimmer. If you don't come up this year, then what's the point of having them? So right there, that's, you know, five or seven roster spots that are opened up. Um, you can move on from Phil, maybe maybe Phil Mates. I don't know. He's been inconsistent this year, much as I kind of like him. But one, that's at least five or seven guys right there alone you can move on from to open up roster spots. They need more than five or seven. 
Uh, I'm sorry, Eddie Rosario is a free agent at the end of the year. That's a guy you could easily let go and open up another roster spot for as well. So there, there are there are areas of the of the roster that are going to be opening up at some point here, and you can get some of those forty man guys on. But it's going to be tough. I mean, Cantillo, um, Freeman, Bo Naylor, Rocchio. Bracho, all those guys need to be added to the 40. It's going to be a crunch. It's going to be a crunch, and uh, yeah. it's going to be a crazy fall for all that. Let's yeah, see. and everyone's been talking about trades possibly, so that would be something to watch for too. Maybe some of those guys get moved to deadline if, if Cleveland's still in it. Yeah, I think you are going to see some trades from, from down below in the system too. We'll see where that ends up, but it's going to be – the Indians are going to be very active from July to November, I would say. So mm-hmm. that's where we're at on that. Uh, Matt Thinker wanted to know an update on Noel. Uh, we said he got hit by a pitch right on the hand. It looks to be like he's going to be okay. We'll see what happens tomorrow. He also wanted to know about Goes and Johnson. We brought that up. They got Zach Draper and, and Jordan Stevens. I think they'll get some guys from Akron. And then in turn, Lake County will send some guys to Akron um, sometime in June. Uh, let's see. Matt Thinker also wants to know six game sets in the minor leagues using five man rotations um, with player moves to assist Cleveland pitching staff. Uh, might triple A, double A switch to six man rotation with more people available? Well, I don't know. Akron Akron has been one of the only teams that's been using the five man rotation. Isn't that right? Yeah, and I mean it's worked out fine. I mean Hillman this week threw six on Tuesday and threw seven on on Sunday. I mean he only threw eighty five pitches on Sunday. <clears throat> So it, I guess it just depends on the guy. I mean, that is a normal schedule, and it's worked out for them um, so far, but um, we'll see if that continues. I mean, they really don't have a lot of starting pitching depth anyway. It's kind of really they had to do that anyway. Yeah, we'll see if they get Cody Morris and Adam Scott back too. If those guys can get out of, out of Arizona because they're hurt, um, that'll help them because those, both those guys should be in Akron when they are healthy. Like I said, Logan Allen will move up there and, and – uh, right now, Lake County kind of has a six-man rotation, so they have someone to spare if they need to. They were supposed to use uh, – who's on their roster? It was somebody on their roster who was supposed to be like their a, – uh, a piggyback day. They haven't really used them in that effect yet, but they were supposed to have somebody on their roster who was going to be a piggyback starter. So there, some guys will move up here at some point in June, and that includes Akron getting another starter at some point, especially if Morris and Scott get healthy. So – that's the plans there. Uh, thanks, everybody, for the questions. We had a lot. Uh, always love getting the questions. Let's get out of here on this note. Okay, Caleb, I got, I'm going to make you pick between the two here. <laughs> Last week, um, I picked Xavion Curry and Tyler Freeman as my players of the week, and Pat picked uh, J.C. Mejia and Gabriel Arias. Now, Curry had a no-hitter through, up into the seventh inning, uh, and we saw Freeman had a five-hit game. Mejia did make his major league debut. He looked really good. Um, Arias left a game early, but he's been, been back since he's been okay. Um, it's up, it's up to you who gets the win last week. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, maybe if Pat had known JC was going to be up in the bigs, I can't count it. Uh, his big league action as a part of the around the farm podcast. So it's gotta be Justin pretty easily there. All right. So I got my first win on the board. Willie's got one. Cause Pat took Willie last week. Um, then next week, uh, we'll see who, who picks ours. Now, I'm going to go with Daniel Espino, who had a good week last week and looks to be settling in 
quite nicely. And I'm going to go with Nolan Jones offensively. I think uh, he had a good weekend. I think he's ready to start getting comfortable AAA, and it's going to start hitting a little bit more. So those are my picks this week. Caleb, who are you going with this week? Yeah, so I got to stick with an Akron hitter. They're going to Binghamton this week, and Binghamton is currently 2-15. and 15, So um, I'm going to take Tyler Freeman. Got to take the best hitter on the team if, if it's going to be a uh, – if they're going to be playing a bad team. And I mean, any hitter in Akron probably would have been a solid pick this week. And then on the pitching side, um, Lake County's got a solid matchup with West Michigan this week. So I'm going to go with Logan T. Allen. He's, he's been, uh, he's been great so far. Only gone five. He's gone five twice, five and two thirds. I expect him to get maybe through six this week, maybe, maybe get to the seventh inning. Very good picks. Logan Allen has been a popular pick so far. And I imagine that's going to be the case going forward. I should go back and look and see, how many times each guy has been picked because I feel like Logan Allen has been picked. Um, this is our third farm report podcast since the, the, week, the season started. I think that's the second time, maybe the third time Logan Allen has been picked. I think William and I both took Logan Allen the first week. So yeah. Freeman uh, popular as well for yeah. obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, I took Freeman last week cause that was too easy. I, and I kind of said Freeman had that three strikeout game and I was like, man, He's, he's got to be able to start hitting here soon. I don't feel like he's going to have that again, so I was ready to roll with that. Yeah. Um, definitely he's, some... He's rolling. <laughs> I would say so. All right, well, we'll see what happens next week. Who gets that win if it's me with the second win or Caleb with his first and his first try? Uh, Caleb, once again, thanks for doing this and, and really enjoy having you on the podcast. Really enjoyed uh, all the stuff you've been get, bringing us from Akron. I hope, uh, I hope you've been enjoying your trips down there as well. I know it's it could be a hike sometimes, but I think you've done a great job. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. I'm I'm enjoying it. This is a great way to get uh to help me graduate from grad school. I would have done it anyway. Well, we like having you and we'll have you back again on the podcast soon. Uh, enjoy some time off in the in the short term. And if you listen this long again, you could follow Caleb at uh, Caleb Phillips eight. That's one L in Phillips. Uh, like the the T V maker. Uh, mm-hmm. You can follow me at jail underscore baseball. You can follow the official IBI account at official underscore IPI. Uh, go take a look. We've got game reports up every day, pretty much at this point, you know, whether it's Caleb and Akron or Stacy and Jacob in Columbus or myself and Pat at Lake County uh, game reports around the farm every day. Uh, you got to be a subscriber to see the uh, game reports um, draft stuff coming from Willie every Friday. Um, what else am I missing here? If had the feet, Caleb had the feature on Nick Nikolajek. Go check that out. I've got Logan Allen, the, the the younger Logan Allen, and Will Brennan on deck. His feature's coming soon, so uh, be sure to check all that out. And uh, thanks for listening. We will catch you next Monday. Wow.